Let's talk about debt, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about debt. Well, good morning. Good morning. So nice to see you. I know we have so much to talk about today. Yes. And the last episodes have been so enlightening, and I just feel like I'm still playing the tapes through my head of these powerful stories. Yes. So what do we have today? So today we are talking about the B word. B word. Let me think. (laughs) Well, if it has to do with finance, it's probably somewhere in the world of budgeting. Budgeting. Yes. So we're going to be talking about budgeting. I know. I hate it. A lot of people, it like they freeze in their tracks on it, right? It has such a negative connotation to it. It's almost like, I'll tell you what I hear. When yeah. I hear the word budget, I hear, this is what you're limited to. And I always think, man, what if we lived like outside of limits? What if, what if we looked more at how to get rich yeah. worksheet or how to build wealth worksheet rather like than that. budget? Because I think part of the process of building wealth or getting rich yes. is starting where you are and setting goals to get where you want to be. And I think I see it, you know, Dave Ramsey, he, that's one thing that I think that he incorporates right at the beginning is he calls it a budget worksheet, but he, it's not necessarily negative, but it's the first step to building wealth. So he does refer to it as a wealth building tool, but he still calls it a budget. I want to, I want to get rid of that budget word. Yeah. I mean, I think about the budget word and I think like, get your, get your big girl panties on. Like all of a sudden you've got to be responsible and I'm obviously we're adults, but all of a sudden I think definitely you just go, oh shoot, I've got to, I got to get serious Mm -hmm. and stuff. But I think if you're building wealth that you should already be taking responsibility for where your money is and knowing that anyway. Right. So I think the way I see it in my Mm -hmm. mind is if I launched a seminar today, Tiffany, and I said, there's two classes that are being held at the same time. If you go through this door, you can go learn how to set a budget. If you go through this door, you can learn how to get rich. Which one would you go to? Uh, Obviously, I would go to the one that says get rich, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I just think that's interesting, though, that the power of words, which we always know, there's so much power in what we speak, in what we're doing. but given the opportunity, everyone would go into the room that's how to get rich. They're not going to go into the budgeting room. And so even taking it a step further, I think that's why people are hesitant to sit down and do a budget together. Yes. And and as you were saying earlier, lack of communication. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask you something. Um, so when we're talking about like creating wealth, so you have a lot of companies, mm-hmm. homes, a lot of expenses come mm-hmm. with that, right? Yes. So what are some tips? You know, if you have one, three, five, what are some tips that you would give the audience that are looking for, hey, what are some things that I should be doing along the way to make sure that I am moving forward and creating wealth? No, I, I think that's a great question. And one of the things I always try to live by is too much is given, much is required. That's it's great. a biblical principle. Yes. And so for a lot of years, I had so many assistants in play that I didn't even, I didn't even know where my bank accounts were. I'm Ooh. not kidding. Yeah. Didn't even know what banks they were at. Didn't know um, who was handling what. Mm-hmm. It just got so big that it could almost turn around and be a dinosaur in Ichi because of all the different entities, the different homes. But what I felt called to do two years ago was dig in and do the work. And I wanted to have my head wrapped around every moving dollar 
in my world. I wanted to know where my insurance was. I wanted to know what my premiums were. I I didn't even know who my car insurance was with. I mean, (laughs) that's how bad it was. So once I decided to take that step, honestly, I learned so much. And that's what I can tell people. If I had to give you specific steps, I would say there are three main things that people should look at when building wealth, when getting rich. And that is number one, open and honest communication. So good. I don't know why talking about money is such an ooey topic for people, but what's really scary is it's an ooey topic with married couples. Mm -hmm. It's like the other one doesn't want the other to know what they're spending. And then it's this downhill spiral of even being approached about the topic causes a huge blow up because it's like a dirty little secret that they both carry. And I think that that has got a lot to do with two, because when you get married, yeah, you become one, but you're still two very different personalities. So a lot of time it's personality traits when they come together, uh, don't share like they should, right? Yeah. But it truly is. To me, I, I'm watching this show right now on Netflix. It's so good. <laughs> but what I notice is a common denominator of every single home that he's going into mm-hmm. to look at and teach how to build wealth. Right. The first thing he sits him down at a table and says, when is the last time you two had a conversation about where you are financially and what you're spending and looking at your overall bills? Mm. And they both look at each other like waiting for the other to pounce. Wow. So it shows me there's this lack of open and honest communication which there is in every area of life, but I think most importantly in the financial realm when it comes to relationships, that if you just committed to that, and it could be as little of a commitment as, look, let's get together on the 1st, the 15th, and the 30th at this time, and let's do it out in public at a dinner somewhere so it can't get heated, right? (laughs) That's smart. Right? Super smart, yeah. So go out somewhere, but let's set aside specific time and put it in our calendars to actually sit down and talk about how we're going to build wealth as a couple. Well, I love that for two reasons. Number one, you're taking that accountability, yep. but also you're getting in like a date night. You're you're spending time together and you can make it fun. Fun. You can totally make it fun. So I think if you get together and you say, hey, we're going to go, you pick the restaurant for the person that, you know, is really the one driving it right. in the relationship. You pick the restaurant. Let's go somewhere. Let's Let's have some fun and let's go over this. That's right. And there's so much freedom in it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's really a uniting thing when you can sit down and do this process on the 1st, 15th, and 30th, because you're going to see a couple things. You're going to see where you are, how much each other is spending. So there's that level of accountability. But you're also going to see, man, look how we're moving towards this goal we set for ourselves to get X car or to save for this home. You know, so you'll be able to celebrate those wins, which to me, and I know you're the same way, like when Ryan and I set a goal in mind, and we start to see it coming to fruition, it gets us excited. You're excited. Mm-hmm. Right? It fuels us to do more because we're about to hit this goal. So um, for us, it's a positive thing. And I think that's why so many couples up front, I feel like the enemy sometimes steals the intimacy of talking about money mm-hmm. between a couple because it is the biggest cause of divorce in this nation. Isn't that incredible? Finances. And it's creating the space for open and honest communication between a couple that can change the entire trajectory of not only their debt, but also their wealth. Mm-hmm. And their kids. Their, yeah, kids, their kids. If, if they have kids, the kids could be watching as well. So it could, it could change that. But I love the idea that it 
pushes unification mm-hmm. between the couple. Mm-hmm. And there's something special about that. Mm-hmm. And there's some, so there's strength in it. Yeah. So I love the idea of coming together. I love the idea of doing it out in public. That's funny, but it, it does make total sense. Totally. But also just the idea of coming together, coming clean, essentially. Um, and, and that will build a power couple. That's right. And the second tip, so the first is obviously open and honest communication, which right. I recommend meeting first, 15th, and 30th. The second thing that we practice is every single day, now that I wrap my brain around, okay, what, where my business accounts are, where my personal, I have them on one portal that I can quickly go to. I love mint.com. Have you heard of it? No, um, I've heard of it. I don't use it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the reason I love it is because you can actually access every bank account, every credit card, anything that you possibly have on one portal. And it will analyze and look at every single thing that that's coming in and going out and share with you spending habits. It'll compare it month over month to see, hey, you brought in X amount of money this month, but last month you were actually up a little higher. So, or you spent X amount more this month than you did last month on food. It's very interesting to me because I'm all about beating the month before. I I love a good, healthy challenge. (laughs) So for me, Mint.com has always been a tool that allows me a one-stop shop to see where my accounts are, how I'm going through the month in comparison to months previous. Yeah, I do the same thing. I don't do it through Mint.com, but I actually will go in. Mike, not with me because I handle the finances, but he'll... He knows what's going on because right. I'm, I do communicate it with him. But I go through on a daily basis. I know what is going out and what is coming in. And, that, and it's funny because now year after year, there are a lot of things that have came on trend. So mm-hmm. I know that certain times a year I spend more. I mean, you may look at your finances and if you're looking at them and you're paying attention to them, you may realize, gosh, November and December, I'm just making this up. Yeah. November and December, I'm a lot higher well, with, with the holidays mm-hmm. coming up, you may spend more mm-hmm. or you may spend less because you're eating at home. It, it may depend, but I think that like I can look back when I'm getting all the bookkeeping and stuff together for like taxes or something like that. And I can look at it and I can know, oh yeah, so that's, that's perfectly normal even though it's higher because it's been that way for five, six years. Right. No, it makes sense. And I think just knowing where you are in your spending habits mm-hmm. helps to guide you. Um, but it is a big component of getting out of debt for Absolutely. sure, especially when it makes you aware of how much you spend at Starbucks every day, which t- I don't do Starbucks. Are you a Starbucks person? Uh, it, I was for a while. So it just, it just depends on like where we're at in our lives. Like if it, it's a convenience issue right. for the most part. Yes. Yeah. I do not do Starbucks and it's funny, all the people that'll come into the office to bring their debt that most of them walk in with a Starbucks and I laugh right away because you know. I know <laughs> how much they're probably spending a day on this habit, but it's little tweaks and changes Mm -hmm. that can literally propel someone out of their current financial situation into another. So the first is open and honest communication. The second is downloading and visiting the website that gives you a snapshot like a Mm mint.com. And the third third thing is, you know, I'm a big believer in giving. I, I, I don't think there's any way you can ever outgive in any area of your life. So I always have people come in and they'll say, look, you know, I'm so much in debt. The first thing I would tell you is give, Mm -hmm. give. It's the only thing in the Bible God even talks about and says, try me on. And so if you're in a debt situation and you want to get out of debt, give. And it, it, you know, there's, there could be great causes that you believe in. There could be foundations. It could be a church that you attend. It could be, you know, um, 
someone specific that's doing something great, but give stuff away and watch what returns to you. And I think you'll be shocked. And I know that we're wired mentally when we're in debt not to give, to hold everything as tight as we can. But it's actually the opposite approach. In some of the darkest times in my life where I had very little, I mean, I was struggling. Mm -hmm. I was a single mom for a while. Um, I was like living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I really loved quality things back then too. I just knew I had to buy them slowly. But I do know that even in that season, my heart was always to help and give to others. And so I do believe that it, it's a biblical principle, and I've watched it play out in my life, and I'm sure in yours too. Absolutely. I love um, tithe. Well, Mike and I, so we call it tithing yep. or offering, and that has been a huge one for us. And I think that the key in tithing is a lot of people will come up and they'll say, well, when I make more, no, no, you you need to do it. And And I'm a big believer and proponent in your first 10% goes to God. That's right. Um, He's the one that gave it to you in the first place and gave you the talents to go out and get it. So your first 10% goes to God. And then, you know, there's absolutely the kingdom building after that, the Mm -hmm. kingdom building aspect. But there's a lot of people that say, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. But I'll do it once I, you know, once I get out of debt or once I start to make money. No, you have to make it a priority. Mm -hmm. And once you make that a priority and you're disciplined on it, I believe personally that God sees that Mm -hmm. and he blesses on that. Absolutely. No, that's really a great way to put it. And I know that we've both seen it happen in our own lives. So if people could just wrap their brain around that concept, yes, I think they would see themselves out of debt quickly. Absolutely. And the idea that I've seen is that people say that you, once they get to a certain amount, well, now I'm making so much, it's hard to give on that. So if you start with a little and God mm-hmm. gives you a lot, it's a lot easier to write those checks when you're making a lot, if you've made it a discipline that you're doing in your life and you start doing it when you're working with less. That's right. Totally. So I have a question for you. You don't even know I'm going to ask this. I know. know. Um, What are your thoughts around these couples? And let's say the wife is a stay-at-home mom, which to me is the most valuable position out there. I'll be the first to tell you, to those moms who are staying home with their kids and playing that role, it is harder than any running any organization, multiple organizations. I mean, I have so much respect for stay-at-home moms because I, I have to be honest, I don't know that I could do it to the extent I'm watching some of these moms do it and do a great job because that's not my wiring. But what always has gotten me is when the husband may be working, but they limit or set a quote-unquote, that B word, budget, mm-hmm. on the wife. Like, how do you... How do you interpret that? Are there any suggestions around it for couples who may be ex- experiencing that and maybe building some resentment around, well, I, I am working, you know, I'm really doing a lot here and I feel guilty about shopping because I have, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So Mike, and I will just say everybody's situation is different. Yeah. We talked about that earlier, but like with us, I've even been in this stay at home season of life. Um, I'm in and out of that, and I love doing it. It is hard work. It is. And I look at some of these moms that are doing it, and they have, like, you know, so many more kids, or they're so much more involved. And, you know, a lot of times we look at that and we go, mom guilt here or mom guilt there. But I think when you're looking at budgeting, you got to remember— 
first and foremost, you're a team. Mm -hmm. So team comes before everything. And that's been a big one for us. This team comes before everything. Mike may not be as good at, you know, putting the kids' lunches together, but he still does stuff that is super, obviously super important outside. Or I may be the one outside. And I think that it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're contributing and you're contributing to this team, mm-hmm. um, that you should put in things for stuff that you both want. That's so good. I've, I've never had an issue with um, Mike having anything, and he's a shoe guy and a car guy, <laughs> and um, I've never had an issue with that, and he's never had an issue with me. You just have to make sure that you're both understanding that it's got to stay within whatever you guys are working towards. That's right. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. And, you know, for us, Ryan and I have always been in the workforce, but Ryan's always been very open-hearted, generous, like what's mine is yours, yours is mine. But, you know, I'm, I'm probably talking to those women out there that are stay-at-home moms. Right. And hopefully their husbands will hear this and realize the valuable role that they're playing. Um, it's just as valuable to give them the space to work and just giving them that financial freedom of not feeling guilty for spending something on themselves. Like, I, I just can't understand that. No. And you've got to remember things, a lot of times we take for granted how things get done. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, garbage. Like, yeah. I don't do it, but it gets done, right? Mm-hmm. And I may not even think about the fact that that's being done or a dishes or if it's something that the kids are not doing. I may not think about that, but it is getting done. And yeah. so you got to make sure that you're not taking for granted either spouse, um, either way. And Mm -hmm. that you're both looking at each other and respecting each other and respecting each other's time, energy, and effort, and then celebrating that. Totally. So we've given the three things that I typically do around managing the finances. And I'm excited because we're going to be able to share our worksheet for how to build wealth worksheet that's going to be found on our website for people to download and do themselves. And I think the most important part is the transparency of being honest. So can you kind of talk through some of those categories of when they're looking to build wealth, what are the areas that they should focus on when creating their uh, looking to see what they're currently spending versus what maybe they want to spend or allow themselves to spend and what that difference is between it? Like, what categories would you say people should focus on? Well, I think one of the ones, if you're looking to cut some expenses, you need to look at eating out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think eating out's a big one. And I'm not saying like stop it. It was That's always something that Mike and I love to do with people. Yeah. And we're very, um, you know, outgoing. And we with friends and stuff, there's something special about going out and getting, uh, I'm not saying cut that, li- you know, YOLO. Life is short. Right. And enjoy it. Right. But you have to be strategic in where you're spending. So like that's one that if you're cutting... Be be very focused down and accountable of like healthcare. How much are you spending on that? How much mm-hmm. are you spending on insurance? Mm-hmm. What does your mortgage look like if you have a mortgage or your car payment? Or how can you move that and pay it a little bit quicker so that you can move forward and buy something that's going to cash flow? I have to tell you a funny story about that, <laughs> okay. actually. So when I was broke, and mm-hmm. I mean broke, I've, I love eating out also, and yes. I knew I couldn't afford it. So I actually signed up to be a secret shopper for restaurants. And there is a true thing out there that you can sign up. And what you do is you go in and you rate your overall experience with your, the restaurant. So you sign up with these companies and they give you an assignment of specific restaurants to go to. You go eat, and typically it covers the cost of at least two, sometimes three or four people. 
And then you submit your receipt and you get a hundred percent reimbursement. Genius. Isn't that smart? It <laughs> is so smart. Those are the kind of things that got me through and showed me like, look, I can still do what I want to do. I just have to be smart about it. Same with the car. So there's a program out there that mm-hmm. actually pays you to wrap your car in their branding because it's a marketing billboard for them. So for those who are like, I really would love to get this car, but I can't afford the car payment. Well, guess what? Like think outside the box. Think outside Reach the box. out to these companies and get on with a company that will actually pay you, wrap your car in the specific branding it is. And maybe it's a branding you love anyways. Right. And it pays your car payment and they pay you for being a marketing billboard for them. So there's always tips to have what you want satisfy the desire to drive a specific car or eat out and actually turn it into a money-making opportunity. Absolutely. I think that is so good. Yeah. Um, Very good tips. So one thing I will tell you not to do. So when Mike and I first got married, we, you know, we owned a business. Right. Obviously, because we've always owned. That's what we know. And we were looking at like with, with our accountant and he said, anytime you do business dinners. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you can write that off when I'm, and all of a sudden we're like, what? <laughs> so, so we were business dinnering, breakfast, lunch, dinner, yeah. forever. But you, but the key is, and that's the thing that maybe somebody doesn't tell you that you need to know is you do have to be able to pay for those. Yeah. Uh, prior to, so that was a new one for us. I mean, we were babies, but that is a learning experience. If you've not learned that yet, if you can't pay for it, don't go buy the dinner. That's right. No, and it is cheaper to eat at home, especially with kids and the cost of goods right now. So those are the things that if you just make it more of an experience, and we've even tried to do this. I found the best cookbook, by the way. It's called Half-Baked Harvest, and it's online. The best healthy recipes I've ever had in my life. But that's just a side note for you too. But Half-Baked Harvest. And so the kids have loved it so much, they'd almost prefer for me to cook rather, and I don't like to cook, by the way. I'm not a cook. So the Half-Baked Harvest, though, the recipes are incredible. They're healthy. They're great. Check them out as an alternative to going out to eat. Um, I think you'll be surprised. That is so good. I actually do love to cook if I have the time to do it. Yeah. So if I have the time to do it, I love to get creative and cook. I think I've gotten back into it like as the older I get. And it's healthier. You don't know what people are putting in stuff when you go out to dinner, unless you're going to a mom and pop place that you're familiar with. But like some of the restaurants out there, you're just not for sure what they're putting into your food or into your kids' food. So uh, with that in mind, I do like to cook at home when I have the chance, just because I know what I'm putting into their food. Absolutely. I know the other tip that's on the worksheet that Mm -hmm. we're going to have for people is to actually see what they're currently paying in just their minimum payments to credit card companies. Yes. Which is such an interesting concept because not only are we able to look at their overall financial situation and help steer them in the direction to build wealth, but what people come to realize quickly is that everything that they're paying towards interest and minimum payments right now, which is one of the line items on the worksheet, once you are not making those minimum payments anymore, it flips the complete other direction. It's like if you were spending a total of $700 on minimum payments on credit cards mm-hmm. and your debt is now taken care of, where are you allocating that $700 on a monthly basis? So what would you say to people who are looking at it and thinking about the opportunity to eliminate their debt? What, how would you spend, like if you had a flip of $700, what would be your immediate reaction response? What would you do with it? 
See, I love that idea. The first thing I would do with the 700 is I would start to save it mm-hmm. and I would start looking for a cash flow of some sort, either whether it be real estate, whether it be um, an investment online, mm-hmm. whether it be investing in somebody, I would look for something that I could make immediate cash flow on. That's so good. Mm-hmm. So you would immediately put it to work for you. Well, I I would wait until I got enough. Right. But I mean, 700 and you're bringing that in monthly will add up quick. Right. Right. I just think it's interesting that switch. Mm -hmm. It goes from the negative side immediately to the positive side once the debt's eliminated. It's almost like a goal. So once you get out and you're running towards this goal, all of a sudden you're coming into positive cash flow and you can go out and actually, as you were talking about, build that debt or Mm -hmm. Not the debt. Build that wealth. Wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, when we start sharing with people how they can spend that, Mm -hmm. that's when it's going to be fun. Because right now I feel like we're talking about debt. We're talking about the ooeyness. But the truth is, is we're talking about it with an end goal in mind. And that is to get people out of the mindset of bondage that finances can have and flip it over to building wealth with taking your passions and making them your purpose and business. So it's going to be exciting, but I think this has been a great starting point for people to go on this journey with us. So thanks for that. Yes, ma'am. I I love being here. I'm excited. I think we've had a great talk on this and I'm excited to see like how we can move forward with taking people out of debt and moving them toward wealth. Yeah. Love it. All right. 